Welcome to Making Your Impact, a podcast to inspire and equip you to pursue your calling and make your positive impact on the world. I'm your host, Melissa Ike. I have a passion for making an impact, and I also have a passion for helping you make yours. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to Making Your Impact. I'm very glad that you are here with me today. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Melissa Ike. I'm a co-founder and the director of communications and development for the Dragonfly Home, a nonprofit in Oklahoma City that serves survivors of human trafficking. I'm also a writer, speaker, and attorney. And you can learn more about me at melissaike.com. That's melissaeick.com. Today, the July 3rd birthday triplets are back. It's the official annual birthday episode with my two friends, Marla O'Fallon and Kaylee Bishop. They are already extra special, impact-making, inspirational gals, but the fact that we all share a birthday on the best day of the year, no offense, classifies them as super duper extra special. In last year's B-Day Up, we learned that Marla is a reformed prankster and that poor Kaylee's birthday was once forgotten by her family for three months. What will we learn about the birthday triplets this year? Listen to find out, especially during our actual legit party at the end where we play a game and reveal things about our lives. Let's start the party. So right before we started, and I messaged you guys this, I listened to our episode from last year because I was trying to remember like what all we had talked about. And at first of all, I was like, and I messaged you guys, I was like, we're delightful. We are so funny. I was like cracking up in the moment as my past recorded self was also cracking up at the things you guys were saying. The funniest thing to me was at the very end, I'm like, happy birthday, guys. And Marla goes, and happy birthday to you, Melissa. And on the road, there's like a little bit of a gap there. And in the recording, I go, oh, yeah, me. I was thinking, are you going to mention someone else's birthday that is on July 3rd? But as I was re-listening to it and that half second time elapsed, I thought to myself, did Marla bring up somebody else at the very end who had a July 3rd birthday? And it happened again. It was me. You were wishing me a happy birthday. But I still thought, I was like, is she going to bring up Tom Cruise right now? But no. So you did it to me twice, Marla, inadvertently. Oh, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked by that. (laughs) Oh, I was like, oh. She got me again. She got me again. She got me again. <laughs> oh, okay. The first, I guess what I thought that I would ask is what has been happening in your lives. This has been one year mm-hmm. since the last. Kaylee, do you want to uh, kick us off? What sure. has been happening? Gosh, lots of fun stuff. <laughs> this has definitely <laughs> been a different year. I didn't expect the, the school year to suddenly out like it did but uh <laughs> uh yeah so very weird it was kind of funny because we made jokes like you know me and the other rd we switch on call every other weekend and it had been fairly easy most weekends and so i kept saying in like our monday meetings like man guys this has been an easy year so far we're doing pretty good and zach the other rd would be like you better knock on wood right now and stop saying that you're just gonna jinx yourself but me and my boss kept saying it all the time, and then literally, COVID. <laughs> Full school ending. Of course. So what's it been like there? You live there. 
Yeah. I mean, we basically just did move out week following spring break instead. So, I mean, that was all fairly normal. Definitely were a lot more lax on a lot of our requirements for things. Uh, basically, as long as we got your, your key back and your room wasn't royally trashed or damaged, you weren't getting a fine or anything, you know. Mm -hmm. That wasn't appropriate this time around. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Did yeah. you run into any problems for, like, international students? Yeah. Yeah, or even domestic that um, they traveled home, so states away for spring break, and then we shut down, and they weren't able to get back. So there were, I think, three rooms that we actually packed up ourselves because they need to go in, like, maintenance goes in and does certain projects and things in the rooms during the summertime. So we just couldn't let their stuff stay in there all summer. So we just packed it up and moved it to a storage room. But yeah, so then did the cleaning and everything. But besides those three, I mean, I know it could have been a lot worse than just three rooms to have to do. But we, I mean, we were pretty patient too. Like some people who can get back that week were able to get back maybe in two weeks. So we, we kind of held off on it for, I guess it was probably May 1st when we finally cleared out those rooms. Yeah. Wow. Well, I guess since you live there, it's not like they would, and there's like staff present. Mm -hmm. It's not like they would be alone on campus with no one around. So that's no, good. That's no, good. It, it went fairly smoothly, honestly, all things considered. Yeah. Any, any fun things that have happened in your life? I know of one, one very jumpy, loving, golden haired lad <laughs> who has entered your life, I guess. Yeah. Is the best way to express it. Yes, April was the one-year anniversary of us getting our little Flanagan. Oh, is that his full name? <laughs> okay, technically, we named him after Flynn Rider from Tangled. So, <laughs> so yeah, Flanagan Rider. <laughs> oh, wait, is, all kinds is, of that, stuff. is that Flynn Rider's technical whole name? Well, his actual name is Eugene, so. <laughs> Eugene Fitzherbert. Yeah. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Tangled is Marla's favorite Disney movie. Yep. Because you yep. have long, golden, Rapunzel-like hair. You married a man named Eugene. Uh, yeah, God is good is basically the story of that. That <laughs> <laughs> kind of my dream, and then God was like, oh, just throw that in. <laughs> right, a little extra bonus. And then Kaylee has a dog whose name is Flynn. Flynn. This is really... I didn't know he was named after Flynn Ryder. That's so yeah. cute. Totally decided the next animal we get, we're gonna have to name them Punzi after Rapunzel so that they just they work together. <laughs> and they do. They work so well together. <laughs> Wait, hang on a second. Is Punzi from the movie or are you just making that nickname? No, I, up? I'm making up that from oh. Rapunzel. Because okay. Rapunzel is too hard to say when you're yelling at a dog, you know. So well, like, no, just just imagine just imagine the dogs running in a field and you're like, Rapunzel! <laughs> Exactly. Rapunzel, Rapunzel, come back here. <laughs> Anytime you name an animal, you have to try yelling it out loud to see if it's an okay name. <laughs> yes. Um, that's great. But, but pun Punzi is also a funny name. Punzi! has a good ring to it. <laughs> but yeah, he's like 90 pounds now. And, uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like in my mind, I knew was like 60 pounds and the dad was 100 pounds and I thought in my brain I knew what a 100 pound dog was and then we got Flynn and I very quickly realized my parents dog 
and all the dogs we'd had before were about 50 pounds. And that just, I, I figured they were large dogs. I didn't realize, oh, he's going to be 40 more pounds than the dogs I grew up with. <laughs> Yeah, he's very sweet. He's, I mean, he's a golden retriever, so he's, he's just a lover all the way through. So sweet. Does he think he's a lap dog? Oh, yeah. I mean, he literally, as I was doing stuff this morning, I mean, he was never more than three inches away from me all morning. Like, he, he just, he cannot be away from his humans at all. <laughs> it's precious. It bring, I bet it brings a lot of joy. Does it bring a lot of joy to campus? Because you're, like, on a college campus, you don't get to see dogs around yeah, much. Yeah. I totally have told students, um, like even in like our beginning of the year orientation meetings, like guys, I have a giant golden retriever. Um, first off, if you're scared of dogs, tell me so I know <laughs> to avoid you if we're out somewhere. <laughs> but second, like you can come anytime you want and play with him. And like, I've literally had students knock on our door like, hey, can we play with Flynn? Sure, take him. <laughs> He's gone on walks with people. They've just taking him out to the commons to play with them or like if he's outside someone across the parking lot might be like Flynn Flynn and so he'll like run across the parking lot and go go see them and then he'll come back and <laughs> yes he definitely uh he, he gives some some fun to everyone that is so cool I love it it's like therapeutic to mm -hmm. have a dog around Taylor from Dragonfly got a puppy that's a, you know how Shaler always loves puppies that are something a doodle. Uh, mm -hmm. And so she got a something a doodle, Aussie doodle maybe um, at the beginning of the year, I think. He's just a big fluff ball and he's like the calmest dog. He's like a rag doll. He's just like chilling. And I've never seen, he was a puppy, like a legit puppy. She brought him to Dragonfly mm -hmm. and he's just like walk around a little bit. And then I was like working on my computer and I look up and the dog had laid down like in the doorway of my office. And I almost started crying. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not a crier, but little, little tears pricked my eyes and I got a little lump in my throat and I'm like, what's happening to me? And I'm like, I think it was just the unexpected like comfort and cuteness of just looking over and seeing this adorable, fluffy, calm creature. And it was just like such a shift from my norm, I guess. I'm like, pull it together, Ike. But seriously, it was just having that dog there for a couple of hours was so uplifting. They really are. They're they're made to, to love humans. <laughs> yeah. They're sweet. That's cute. Well, good. Well, Marla, did anything significant happen in your life in the last year? I don't know. <laughs> not much, right? No, not much. Yeah, just, uh, just, you know, got married, moved just a different city. And that was, that's the, those are the big things. So yeah, I would say it was a very, pretty transitional year and overall, but yes, but it was, it was really good. It was really fun. I've grown, I mean, I've lived in Oklahoma city my whole life besides like a couple summers in Haiti. So it was quite different for me to go from somewhere where I know everyone and everyone knows me to like, I don't know anybody in Tulsa. I mean, now I know more people, but I didn't know many when I came here. So, but yeah, and then just getting used to living with another person, but it's been really good and really fun. I think it's been nice to like live in Tulsa because we have like a new city that's like kind of like our place. And so that's, that's been, that's been really fun. So yeah, but it's, yeah, it's been in a sarcastic way, just, you know, nonchalant here. All right. <laughs> <Not much> happening. <laughs> NBD is what you would yeah. say. Yeah. 
Well, it's not just even those things, though, because you're also like job hunting. Right. It was hard for you there for a little while, right? You would text us and be like, guys, this is rough. I don't know anybody and I'm not finding a job. So um, right. if you want to share a little bit about that, I know a number of people who are in a similar position mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, I mean, I think the saying like it's not what you know, but who you know is very correct when job hunting comes around because like I mean and and my my husband is job hunting right now too and also went through like a nine-month period during college where he was job hunting and got like nothing and I think that it really does take I mean I know there are people that get hired without knowing the company or knowing the nonprofit but yeah, I think it was just a lot of like, I didn't know people. I didn't even know like what, like the organizations I was applying to, like, are they credible? Do they actually like do good work? Like I applied to like probably 15 positions at OU Tulsa and got denied for like all of them. And that was kind of hard because I was originally planning to go to grad school and that was going to be my way to like fund through grad school was to get a job there and God kind of like scratched that plan. But yeah, so I think uh, I ended up, it's funny through my last nonprofit, which was Dragonfly that I worked at, knew I connected with a girl named Laura who was an intern uh, with Melissa actually. And she, yes. Has also also been a guest on this show recently. Yes, yes. I did see that and that made me very happy. (laughs) But yeah, so I had recently met with her and she was like, she just like one day was like, hey, I ended up finding like a full-time position and I'm giving up both my part-time jobs. Like, do you, I could like put you in a, like a recommendation for Girl Scouts. And at first I said no, because I was like, well, I'm not looking for part-time work. I'm looking for full-time. And then after a couple weeks of like not hearing anything and I was like, you know what, just to do something, I'll just like have her do that. So went in for the interview, got the position as like basically a like a troop leader for Girl Scouts, like for marginalized um, geographic areas in the Tulsa region. And so did that for like three months and then a full-time position ended up opening up um, at Girl Scouts. And I just read a book called The Two-Hour Job Search and it's how to utilize technology in your like community to like find a job. So definitely recommend that book because that's like how I found out about the job because it has you make a list of 40 different nonprofits or like companies you want to work for. And then you like go through all of them and look for jobs at those places. And then you also look like at your like alumni database. And just through that, like even though I was already at the position, like I didn't even think to look at like that Girl Scouts might have other positions open where I was. So, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of how that all came to be. I just took down the two hour job search. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I'll put a link to that. Yes. Uh, in the show notes for people. Yes. Well, that's interesting how that came about. So you, you made use of a couple good resources, personal connections yes. and a book. Those are good yes. resources. Nice. Yes. Wow. Good resources. Yeah. Gosh, a lot has happened in y'all's lives. I mean, I feel like in the last year, it's funny to ask, so what's happened in the last year? And when I wrote that question, I wasn't thinking about it. And then when I went back and looked at it, I'm like, well, we all had one major thing happen to us this year. How have you been doing during, I don't know, do we talk about quarantine during a birthday episode? If it's terrible and depressing, I can always cut it out, right? It's just life. (laughs) Right? And it mostly was, but <laughs> what did you say, Marla? It's what I said. It was mostly depressing, but also there was good things that came out of it. So, 
Yeah, I feel like we've gotten to use, like from my job standpoint, like we've gotten to use the quarantine and like COVID and everything really to like our our advantage in ways. Like we've been able to use the downtime to think about things differently, like think about our procedures and how we do certain things. And we've been able to implement some new I guess like just projects and things that we've never done before, but they've already been like really successful. So that's kind of been fun, like ways we reach out to residents who are coming. Like normally they wouldn't contact their RA at all until August, whenever they actually get here. And now all of the RAs are reaching out to them and like getting to build relationships with them and have conversations. And it's just been really cool because it's actually gotten like a really positive feedback from the residents who are doing it and it's just we never we wouldn't have thought about that otherwise like we would have just gone through the same motions we've done for years now but we got to take a step back and kind of look at how we do things so it's worked out for us that is super cool Okay. All right. Let's move on. So in what areas, I feel like we've touched on some of these already. In what areas of your lives do you find yourself making your impact? And I feel like that is, we've talked about this on the show. That happens in a lot of different ways. Like it can be very cause specific. It can be in some ways through your job. It can be through relationships or hobbies, you know, just like how, what have you, what do you think about that in the last year? What's, uh, what's been going on? impact wise. I think my job has definitely been a source of fulfillment in that area this last year. Mm -hmm. Um, This is my third year doing the resident director position. So working with college students. And I mean, my perspective on the job has definitely changed, you know, from like year one to year three. Obviously, I mean, you you feel more confident in the role just because you you know what you're doing. And, you know, you're it's just kind of going through the motions for a lot of it. But Also, just like my perspective on things has been changing more to like consider how I can impact each student as well. Because like what I don't want to happen is to get to the end of this position and to be thinking to myself, I could have done more in this role. You know, like I don't regret that I didn't use this opportunity because this is a really unique job. You know, I live with the people I'm serving. So like I have the opportunity to work with students, I mean, during the daytime, like normal or like at 9pm in the commons area, you know, like, and I've had just a lot of different scenarios come up over the last year, even that kind of just, it brought it back to the forefront of my consciousness that like, this is an important job. (laughs) Like, I'm not just here to, to do room checks or to make sure like basic rules are followed. Like, this is important. And I mean, the whole hope of us having students come here in general, like our overarching hope is that they encounter Christ and they get to have a personal relationship with him. And like, if that's not at the heart of your why in any of your actions, then you're not going to be as successful, at least for us, for our, uh, what we hope students get out of this. And like this year has just been, it's been really encouraging as well even though I mean students left in March and like that was really sad that we lost like half of a semester with them but it was amazing to look back and see how much was done that was positive within the time we had like students who came to know Christ and got to have a relationship students who uh, were dealing with really hard personal issues and we got to see positive growth and change coming out of those and like just because of like I'm like, I'm privileged in the position I'm in that I get to be like on a front row to see that stuff happening, you know, like, and that's really what I wanted out of my job. I wanted to be hands on helping people, you know, 
So I've just gotten kind of a renewed sense of purpose in my position here working with students. Do you think that it's almost like the, the fact that you stayed in the position and gained the confidence and almost the fact that there are certain aspects of your job that you can do by rote? You don't have to put a lot of thought into them, like freeze up mental space to then really dig into the relationship yeah. with people. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah, really, I mean, when I came into this job, it was three years ago that I started in August. And I, I knew like it would be a really good position for me to get my master's degree while I was working on that. And so like I started and I was working on the master's degree like simultaneously. And it took me about a year and a half to do the master's. So like the December of my second year, I was done with my master's. And I, my plan 100% was in the spring, I'm going to look for a job and then I'll be done. I'm, I only want to do this job for two years. And that's actually pretty common for this role anyways, because most people don't stay in a, in like this position or a position where you're like living where you work for too long. So I was like fully ready to get out the door, did applications and everything. And just, you know, our prayer the whole time was God, if you don't want it to happen, you shut the doors and they got shut. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well guys, you got me for another year. What the heck? Let's make it three years. And then even this spring, like I really, I mean, I told the res life, I, I told everyone like, yep, this is my last year. I'm, I'm on my way out. And then I did a couple interviews, applied for stuff. And again, the same prayer, you know, it's not meant to happen, close the doors. And then COVID came in. <laughs> like everyone stopped hiring. And yeah, I know. I was like, God, that was just a suggestion. Like I want to leave. <laughs> COVID was the biggest door that slammed the heart, that slammed shut the hardest. There we go. There we yeah. go. I had to give my boss here an answer by like April, you know, March or April, if I was going to stay or not, because they need to know if they need to do a hiring process. And this job is really a year commitment whenever you do it. So yeah, it was just, it was so funny to again, be like, okay, God, I get it. Like, <laughs> So this is not going to be my fourth year doing this job, which it's kind of funny. The the other RD, this last year was his fourth year, but like both of us together having been in the roles for this long, it's unheard of. Like we, it just hasn't, no one has really stuck around that long. Two remember, years. Yeah. I remember you saying that, but it's almost like the fact that you're both there makes you, makes the job so much easier, right? It's almost yeah. like the thing that makes it so you do stick around longer. Yeah. What we've really seen out of it too is like we've been able to make progress like each year on top of work we've done before. Because like people coming in, I mean, any position it would be like this. Someone new coming in that first year, they're basically just learning everything. And then that second year, they really get to start to make changes, but then they're typically gone in this role. So the fact that we've stuck around, I mean, <laughs> through no planning of my own, I tried to get out a couple times and God was like, no, nope, you're, you're hanging out. I was like, okay, fine. But it's been great to see the impact that has been able to happen just for being patient and staying where I am, basically. Do you feel okay about like telling any of the stories? You talked about some scenarios or give some examples of the kind of things that you've been able to enact and then build on or, you know, stories about students or you said that you see like some personal growth in them. I know you have confidentiality, but you know, yeah, I mean, their names and details. Rallies. I mean, on the side of like things we've been able to do, I mean, every year what we have come, we come up with new ideas. Like we want to implement this system to track event management or uh, to encourage people to get engaged and, you know, in involved on campus and, what always ends up happening is that it's 
it's typically a year long process even to get those things implemented. So we've been able to actually see those things through basically and get to see like increased attendance at events. Like since I I run um, the student activities board and basically students pay a fee and that fee goes specifically towards hosting events on and off campus. So like we'll, we'll do one like typically once a week and a lot of times they're off campus. Like we'll go to a trampoline park or Frontier City or go kayaking at the river water sport place downtown or go to a Thunder game or movies or whatever. I have leaders who basically get to pick what activity they do. And I got to see basically from like the first year of doing it that, yeah, people would go, but a lot of times slots would go unfilled or they, they, they weren't that interested. And like second year was better. But like this last year, I mean, we had events that they'd email out about and they were full in 10 minutes. Yeah. So just like increased interest in those things, which I mean, if you spend your job working on creating events, that's a huge part. And then those events don't actually pan out like you plan. That's very discouraging. So it's very encouraging that they're actually working now. But I mean, on the side of like students who have had personal growth, I mean, there's all kinds of things you see in this role. We, we have an extremely diverse campus. We have a saying around here that like you can walk across the parking lot and it's not unheard of to hear like three or five different languages being spoken. That's so we, cool. I know. We have students from all different countries and all different backgrounds. And so it gets, it's like very diverse here, but that also means everyone kind of comes in with their own metaphorical baggage or even just the act of going to college is very stressful. And that's typically a time when people will see their own mental health issues come to the surface, you know, maybe in the protection of your home with mom and dad or grandma or grandpa or whoever, you know, you, you are able to keep it maintained to a certain level, but then now you're on your own and the stress of that alone, just, it exacerbates everything. So, I mean, we see all kinds of issues in that area come forward. And one thing I've pushed really hard, I was a psychology and counseling major in my undergrad. So like, I am all about people getting counseling. Like if I, if every person in the world can get counseling, I would mandate it. <laughs> and so I did a lot to just promote our counseling. We have a partnership with a local agency that students from here can go get three sessions for free and the school pays for them. So, I mean, there's so many students I've talked to that I would say, hey, just go sign up. We don't know who does it. It's completely confidential. Whatever you talk about is confidential. But just go talk to someone a couple times. And it's really just the way for them to get their foot in the door to realize what counseling is, and then hopefully, you know, their insurance can take over and they can continue it. But we had, I mean, just, we know the numbers, the amount of people who go, because they just get billed, like, generally for each person. But the number of people who have gone has, like, skyrocketed over the last couple of years. And I mean, part of that is just awareness. We're, we're putting it out there a lot more. I just, I love that. I mean, as someone who's living with these students, I want nothing more than for their mental health <laughs> to be great. But I just, I've loved seeing more people take advantage of those resources and that in general, the stigma on counseling is starting to fade from what it has been in past decades. So people are getting the help they need. And that's just really encouraging to, to see like where they were in a place of 
distress before and getting to talk to them later and finding out like they're doing much better it makes me very happy so it sounds like there's a reason that you have been kept in this position with all the doors slammed shut because you are playing a big role in implementing like change that affects maybe policies or procedures for your job in the future like these are going to have long-term effects you are helping to shape the culture Mm -hmm. of the campus that can carry on when you do eventually move on. You know, it sounds like these are things that needed to happen and you were called to that position to do it. And then you also were willing to uh, relinquish your plans and kind of (laughs) surrender those things. And I think it's a testimony to when we do that, even though in the moment you're like, this, this sucks. That was a suggestion God to slam the door shut. And then the, on the other side of it, you're experiencing like this joy and this sense of renewal of purpose and all this blessing comes out of it. For sure. Yeah. The peace of just knowing, like I did everything I could to leave and God 100% was like, Nope, you're staying. So just the peace that comes with knowing I'm where I'm supposed to be and it is fulfilling what I am doing. It definitely, it surpasses my plans, what they would have been, what now should have looked like for sure. Yeah. That's so cool. Makes me think of this time. uh, Or I mean, I've talked about it. I'm sure you guys know it, how I resisted this call to go to law school for like two, almost two years. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, Oh, fine. And then I applied and all this stuff. And then probably six weeks, if that, before I was supposed to move to Tulsa, um, Mm -hmm. I was praying and had this moment. There are a few moments in my life where I feel like I've heard God's voice super clearly beyond just kind of leading with this kind of feeling in my spirit. And I felt like I heard him say, you're about to come into a time of great joy. And one thing that always really seals the deal that I know that I'm hearing from God is because, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I don't cry very often. And a couple times when it's been super clear, I like dissolve into like sobbing, like immediately. Because there's something like there's so much power for, for that to happen that like my body's like, I don't know what to do with this. And it's like so like, uh, impactful on my life that I just, it just like takes me back. And I was like, that's weird because who thinks of law school as a joyful period? Hint, no one, zero people. You're not supposed to enjoy it. And then it truly was. I mean, it was hard. It was really hard, super challenging, but it really was a time of joy for me. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But then when you surrender to that and then all of these good things come out of it, you're like, wow, that really works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Three of Jonah came to my mind more than a couple times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just knowing. You felt, you felt like you were in the belly of a beast. Well, more so that like, hey, if you don't listen, you're going to end up somewhere you don't want to be. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. man. So true. So mm-hmm. true. Oh, boy. Yeah. Mm, that's good. Marlsberg, my special name for you. What about you? I mean, you've been working with the Girl Scouts. When did you start? at that job? December. December. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's been, I mean, it's been definitely, it's interesting when I, I mean, when I first like got hired at Girl Scouts, I will be honest, like it wasn't like my biggest passion in the world. And I think like that's kind of been the theme of this whole past year has been like, I actually have struggled with 
feeling like I'm not making an impact because I went from like college was like this like radical, I mean, I identify as a Christian. So like, I just like had this radical, like, you know, lifestyle that I lived really. And part of that comes, I think with, at least for me, I think in singleness, that was a very like, I just kind of had my own time. I could do whatever I wanted. And like, I just, when I went, when I wanted to go to a different country, I went to a different country or whenever I like wanted to go on a trip or whenever I like wanted to go and meet with this person for eight hours, like that was fine. Um, so I think coming to a place where I don't know a lot of people and basically like, and, and at least in counseling, they told us like, it's a really good idea for the first year for you just to like focus on your marriage and like forming that and like that's a really formative year and so and I was like excited about that at the time and then I got here and I was like oh like the like the person that I'm supposed to be like investing in does not have a lot of problems <laughs> like it's pretty solid like more emotionally stable than I am and I'm not like helping someone 24 hours of the day and like I actually like don't have a hard life for the first time like in my entire life like don't have a lot of problems and I think like coming to Girl Scouts like they're a very like they're they've been around for like over a hundred years like just very like like they kind of know what's going on like obviously like there's still systems to be built but it's very like there's not a lot of problems really like with it and so it's kind of it's really been a lot of the Lord teaching me like what does it look like to live like a, a humble life and to like not be like feeling like I'm in you know danger doing something or like I'm like risking my life for the gospel 24 seven. Like that's kind of like the way I lived. And then now it's like, okay, like actually I live a pretty like comfortable like life and, and it's felt kind of wrong to me. And so I think like my biggest impact I think has just been learning like, you know what, it's like, okay to like live that life. And like, just because I'm not like in a dangerous situation all the time where I'm not like, you know, like pouring my heart out, 24 7 does not mean that I'm like doing something wrong so but yeah but I think even with Girl Scouts like I have learned like I mean a lot of the you know communities we serve they you know they they may need to be educated by about a certain topic or like some girls need counseling resources or they need like you know or they're really interested in a certain issue and I've been able to kind of like connect them to certain like organizations that I I didn't know I'd be doing that in Girl Scouts but like a lot of them want to do volunteer work or want to like get involved and I was like because I applied to so many jobs at different organizations I was like well like I know about this place and I know about this place and I can refer you here and so and I think I think also like knowing that I don't have to be doing something so like radical um to make a difference and because like honestly most of my job is just like helping volunteers and helping families get connected to Girl Scouts and that does not sound very flashy and it's not very flashy but like I think it's just been like a lot of just like it's it's like okay like if there is joy in like helping people and it's okay if it looks like really humble and like not very like I don't know it I guess is the word but but yeah, so that's kind of been the last year for me what I'm learning and making an impact. It's funny because when you're in Haiti, you're like battling gigantic spiders and like that's the worst thing. But I mean, <laughs> and such like living amongst poverty and people who have mm -hmm. experienced such trauma, that yeah. is kind of like the, that's like the cinematic vision, visual that we have of someone who's really making a difference. 
right. for people. And that's why I want to talk about it on this podcast. Like it doesn't have to look like that. I remember, uh, I remember I was in college and I went to this gigantic conference at my school. It was put on by a conglomeration of, I don't remember. It was a Christian kids, Christian college student conference. And they, like thousands of students from other campuses came and they were like, we they passed around these cards and they were like, would you pledge one year of your life to missions? And I was like, Oh boy. Now listen, God. Okay. Now listen. I have been very clear that I want your will for my life. That was when I was starting to grow in that and think about those things more. I'm like, I'm good with that. This is a challenge for me because me going to someplace like Haiti, like you went to and battling giant spiders. Listen, I just, I don't know if this girl is built for that. There was a spider in my garage of, you know, moderately small size last night. I went, got a can of bug spray and I sprayed the crap out of it. I'm like, die. And that was in my garage, you know, he was within six inches of the door to my house. And so I'm like, egregious. Um, And I was like, all right, all right. Okay, God. Okay. All right. I'm surrendered enough that, okay, I will sign this pledge. But I'm like, the interesting thing though, is that the ways that he has had me lay down my life have been things like going to law school, right? Being in Oklahoma city in the Midwest and starting a nonprofit. And so, I mean, in that conference, they were talking about like the greater, the missions field as we would imagine it. But I'm like, this is why it's so important on making your impact. And I'm like, listen, guys, it can be, maybe the person you need to impact is your child. Maybe you're raising a kid and you're raising that kid to be a decent human being in the world, to be someone who treats people decently, doesn't discriminate, is considerate. I'm like, okay, we need that. <laughs> We need that. That's making a big difference. It could be like with someone who you work with, you know, it doesn't have to be those big flashy ways. I'm getting right. up on my soapbox. Well, right you now. I realize what your little impacts are. Like we plant seeds all the time that we never get to see come to fruition. I mean, it's crazy. Like in, in our family, like our Christian heritage basically was like that my grandma and grandpa both got invited to a VBS and that was how they came to know Jesus. That VBS stands for Vacation Bible School, just in case someone is not familiar with that. Like someone inviting my grandparents to go to VBS, and then they ended up going to church camp together. And like, that's how they met was at church camp. And someone paid for her to go to church camp. And he was able to go to church camp because he had won like some prize at church camp the year before. Otherwise, they like neither of them could have afforded it. Like they should not have been there. They did not have the money to be there. But like because of something as small as someone inviting a kid to VBS, my family since then has been raised in a Christian household. That's so interesting. Yeah, like just doing doing something for someone who needs it, something that they want to do but can't afford. And you know, your family is very loving and supportive. And you know, so you've been raised in a family that really wants to help people in mm-hmm. the world, a very compassionate family. And yeah. that, could, you know, that, that can stem from that kind of thing. It's a very good point. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Marla, do you want to talk a little bit more? I don't know if you got like a story that you would like to share from Girl Scouts. I think that you told me once that you would like go to their schools. Did you have like after school programs? Our lunchtime program? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we went to their after school programs and 
basically led troops. And we also went to like an after school center. And so like one of the big badges that especially the brownies and daisies, like which daisies are kindergarten and first grade and then brownies are second and third grade. So that's the main grades that I had. And they, they, we would vote on what badge they wanted to work on. And almost every time their first badge is dancer badge. Nice. Do. And so it's funny because I don't, I mean, I don't really dance a lot besides like weddings or like, you know. I have literally seen videos of you and your friends dancing. Yes, yes. Or if it's like in my friend group. But like other than that, I don't just like casually, you know, break down dancing. But I have learned, you know, I've learned some moves. And so I kind of like built credit with like the girls because like they're all really good dancers. Like they all know they're like teaching each other dances. And so I feel like that was an unexpected way that I got to just like, I feel like it is really important to be able to like be on the kids levels and not like I've never believed in like and I, I haven't worked with kids like a ton besides like babysitting, but I'm like, it's really important that you're like on their level and like you get and you get engaged with them and you're not just like standing at a podium talking to them. So I think that was like having that like background of knowing like, okay, like I know for sure, like, and, and I love how Girl Scouts is girl led. And I love that because it's like, they get to decide what they do, what they work on. They get to teach each other certain skills or like, you know, other ways that they do things. And I just like got on board with that immediately. So, and it's a lot more pressure off of me because like, I don't have any like classroom management skills or anything. So like, I don't know how to manage like a bunch of, you know, like elementary age girls uh, in a classroom, but it was fun. And yeah, so you never know, Dancy could help you in your nonprofit life. You just never know. Dancing has helped me most every day in my nonprofit life, even if it's just by myself letting off steam. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I will say that that is different from what Girl Scouts was like when I was a kid for sure it was very like troop leader oriented so that's cool how they've evolved in that way well um we have a birthday party celebration to get to but I just wanted to I have these thoughts because this is of course always where my head is going to go so I know that you guys are both we talked about this Um, on last year's pod that um, you're both passionate about human trafficking. And as you were talking about your jobs and the ways you're making impact, naturally my mind goes there. I'm like, you're both in positions where you are really engaged in human trafficking prevention. And with you, Kaylee, I'm thinking about like, maybe the biggest thing is your work in reducing stigma about mental health care. Mm -hmm. Because if, if students can come and learn that, Especially they might come, I talk to people who um, they're like either their family or their culture, like mental health stuff is just not something anyone ever talked about. So they can take, carry that message with them Mm -hmm. into the future and then spread that message to people that they know in their communities, especially if they have personal experience with that. Yeah. That's huge. That's so critical. And then Marla, I mean, we just know that getting girls who are in disadvantaged communities, just connecting even to one healthy adult who can connect them to resources and just encourage them in the things that they're interested in, help educate them and empower them that even for whatever period of time that is, that can make all the difference. That can change the trajectory of someone's life. I'm so proud of you both. You're just two of my favorites. Yes, Melissa, we're proud of you too. Thanks. 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 
I need to get my birthday crown and my birthday treat. Should we take like a couple minute break real quick and, and if we need to like gather items? I can have a granola bar. Okay. There, it's uh, I just have my tea. I can also have, I can have like apples. <laughs> nice. Okay, I'm going to grab my things and I'll be right back. All right. So the reason that we do this podcast episode every year, which because this is the second one, so it's annual now, is because our birthdays are all on the best day of the year, July 3rd. You're the coolest. Today in my, today in my notes, I called us the B-Day trips. And I'm like, uh, that was just yes. like an association. I really That's like it. It's a thing. Plus it's trips. July 3rd, <laughs> there's layers, there's layers, but I think we should tell the story about how you guys actually were the ones who discovered it. Yes. Yes. I was an intern for Dragonfly working on a dresser because no jobs are off limits when you're an intern. <laughs> And it was going to be beautiful. It was a long, you had to strip all the paint down, and then you had to sand it, and then redo it. So it was a long process. It was, and, and it is beautiful. It turned out great. Yes, that made me very uh, optimistic about redoing furniture in the future. <laughs> but Marla came over to help me, and in typical Marla fashion, said, tell me about your life story. And me, being utterly sarcastic, said, well, it started on July 3rd, 1993. <laughs> and she said, that's your birthday? Yeah, she goes, that's my birthday. Like, are you serious? So we were super excited talking about that. That was just a crazy coincidence. And eventually ran across to the uh, offices where Melissa and Whitney were. And we're like, oh my gosh, guess what we just found out? You guys were like, what? So we told you, we have the same birthday. And you were so excited too. You were like, what, what, what's the birthday? I said, July 3rd. And Melissa was like, oh my gosh, that's my birthday. <laughs> what's funny is that, is that I remember the moment, because you guys have been over there for a while. And it's in my memory, I might be exaggerating it. You like, the door like slams open and you're like, you guys, guess what we found out? And when you said July 3rd, I'm like, I mean, like, I just like all of these like fireworks because July going off in my head, three of us in the same room at Dragonfly with July 3rd birthdays. That's crazy. That's not an accident. Nope. Never met this many July 3rd babies before. No, no. way. No. no providence. Mm -hmm. Providence. B-Day trip sent by Providence. Yes. Nice. Well, I wanted us to celebrate a little bit. And so we got our treats. Honestly, listen, I'm not a competitive person, but based on the treats that you two have presented today, I feel like I win, but go ahead and tell the people what your treats are. I'm drinking tea. <laughs> <laughs> I have tea, but I also just cut up a green apple because those are the best apples. I, I mean, I agree about that. And yeah. green apples are, are a treat, especially with like, a nut butter of some kind, but um, right here, peanut butter. Oh, good. All right. Yep. I got a GF cupcake. 
And then I brought, I don't actually know if the rainbow <laughs> sprinkles will stick because the frosting is a little, oh, there, maybe if I like smush down the crust of the frosting, you know, that kind of little, not in a gross way, you know, <laughs> they're all falling off. They're all just, and now they're stuck. Oh, yeah. I got like three or four sprinkles to stick. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, and Melissa, you win for sure. I'd much rather be eating that than an apple. So really why I did this because I wanted to win something. <laughs> <laughs> but we have an actual game, a B-Day game that we're going to play. So uh, it's called, what did I call it? Seven facts or lies. It's like truth. What is it? It's basically two truths and a lie. Like truths lies. Yeah. Seven possible truths or lies. <laughs> yes. Seven possible truths or lies. That's a great name for a game. Super catchy. Yeah. I realize I think that I did it unintentionally, but seven because July is the seven month. Mm -hmm. So I'm calling it that it, I'm saying that it was intentional, but it wasn't. Okay. So I think the way we'll do this is we will say our fact or not. And then we will guess, we'll each like take our turns guessing, and then we'll just explain all about it. And it also might be a very short, some of these are very short explanations, like yes or no, but <laughs> go with it. Who wants to start? I nominate Marla. Oh, I'm guessing either a, a lie or a truth. It could be either one. Yes. Okay. All truths. In the inside of a tornado before. Inside of a tornado? You lived in four, so I'm saying true. Yeah. <laughs> I do too. It's true. Yeah. How, like a real one? A real one. Yeah. Inside of it? In the funnel? Yeah. Yep. May 3rd, 1999. The yeah. big one. The big one. Yep. Can you expound a little bit about what it means to be inside of a tornado? Um, it's literally sucking you up. It's literally trying to like suck you up. And the only reason we made it out was because we we were we were met motorcycle hel like helmet gear all like over the kids and and the parents, and then they put mattresses over us. And the only thing left standing of the house was the was the hallway that we were like in. So you were at home. You were just at home. We were actually at a friend's house. Um, it did hit our house too, but it didn't take it completely away. It just took the roof. Wow. But the play, the house that we went to, it took it was like next to Westmore High School, which Westmore was hit completely, and like everything was leveled in the neighborhood. It was crazy. So, wow. But yeah, that's the true. True I can't believe you never told me that before. I mean, I was four, so like, like I remember it, but like, it's not like one of those like, it like you know affected the rest of my life or anything. So, huh. yeah. but you did become a weather major. I did for a solid three years. Yeah. All right, that was one. What's your second one? Um, second one is I rode a dolphin while I was in Haiti. It doesn't seem like it would be a lie. Yeah, I would say true. Is um, it? Are you just going to tell us all facts and truths? No, that one's a lie. It's a lie? <laughs> yeah. It's a lie. You got us. 
I know. I was like, do people ride dolphins in Haiti? Who who am I to say? No, I mean there are dolphins, but I don't. I never saw them. So okay. good mm-hmm. one, Marla. See, she looks so innocent. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's your next um, one? Next, are we seeing? Are we seeing three or seven? Is that seven? Was the idea? Seven yes. is the idea. Okay. Um. I definitely, I did not, I will be honest, I did not write them down. I should have written them down. Um, I have uh, had a concussion. You have? I have had a concussion. Hmm. Well, let's see. I'm going to say false just to go against what my instinct is of yes. Yeah, that's good. I'm going to say true. I have, yes. (laughs) I was hit in the head with a soccer ball. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Jeez. Marla yeah. just really like had some hardship in her life. I was almost sucked up by a tornado. I was hit in the head with a soccer ball and got a concussion. Marla, oh my gosh, how old were you? I think I was like eight, eight or nine. That whoever kicked that soccer ball kicked it with some real velocity. My gosh. Oh yeah, it was she was just like kicking it in and then it just like hit me straight in the face. <laughs> wow. Oh, I thought it was a football once. It, it wasn't pleasant, but I didn't get a concussion. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. That kid, hopefully, the kid who kicked the ball, I hope she's, like, playing soccer professionally now because it's pretty impressive for that age. Eight years old? Yeah, she was pretty tough. I remember her. Wow. She, she apologized, though. It was fine. Yeah, but her, her true truths are a liar, however many, was <laughs> one time I gave a kid a concussion by kicking a soccer ball in their face. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. The concussion isn't funny. It's only, we're only laughing because you're okay. Right. Yeah. All right. Number four. Number four is I have met Toby Keith. I mean, it's Oklahoma. He does have a restaurant named after him here. I'm going to say true. I'm going to go false. I have met him. I thought you might be like, hi, I actually met Garth Brooks, who's also from Oklahoma. I thought you might pull a switcheroo. <laughs> I did actually uh, meet one of my coworkers told me she babysat his kids one time. So Great. That's, that's something that happened. But yeah, he came into Charleston's when I worked there. Oh, met him. yeah. That makes sense. Yep. Good. Met Mr. Number is that? Is that four? That was yep. four. What's five? Five is... One time I saved my sister from drowning. True? Even though I believe you could do it, I'm going to say false. It's false. I'm oh. not going to save anyone from drowning. <laughs> you are heroic, so it is something you would do, but. Should have been a lifeguard. Yeah. <laughs> I almost want to be like, what's the story behind that? It's false, but it still sounds it's like. False. I mean, I can make up a story for sure. Sure. (laughs) Okay, that was five. So six. Oh, my dad works for UPS. That seemed like a recollection of a memory there. So I want to say true. Yeah, I'm thinking true as well. It is true. Okay. (laughs) Nice. Um, Last one. I want to make it good. Yeah, make it a good one. Trying to think. I have scared off three raccoons in a camping incident one time. It was pretty specific. <laughs> I say true. 
<laughs> I'm going to say false on the off chance it was actually like five raccoons or something. Right. Yep. That's the risk. <laughs> it is false. I didn't scare them off. I watched them go through all of our garbage. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, they totally won. There was a little one and two big ones. You're like, have at it, guys. Enjoy yourselves. Yeah, I was not about to mess around with them. No way. No way. That's Those hilarious. are my seven. Thank you, Marla. Yeah. <laughs> I liked them very much. All right, Kaylee, you or me. Me or you. You or me. Me or you. Okay, I'll go. All right. I feel like you guys might know this one, but I have held a sloth. Yes. True. Yeah. Like it my favorite profile photo. Yes. I was tell you that a student told me they were like, You the kid, right? I was like, no, why would you think that? I said, Oh, I thought you were holding your child in your profile picture. I thought that too. I remember like seeing your photo. I was like, is she holding a kid? I was like, Is that a child? And I had to like click on it and open it up. I'm like, well, it's not a human child at least. Oh no, no. He was adorable though. He had very bad breath. Great. Good to know. Good to know. Um, let's see. I have been to Hawaii. Ooh, have you been to Hawaii? Let's say true. I think so. Yeah, let's go true. False. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Have you been to any other tropical type location? Yes. What is it? I can't elaborate. That has something to do with All right. the fact. All right. Go on. Go on. Number three. Number three. Okay, I cracked my skull open. Cracked your skull open? Like bleeding and stuff? Lots of blood. True. I say true. Indeed. That's actually also a birthday story. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that sounds like a story you need to tell while I have another bite of my treat. That was the night before my third birthday. I have a scar right here from the stitches. Really? You can only see it if I like scrunch my face up. But yeah, my, my dad was watching me. <laughs> we were in their bedroom and I was jumping on the bed and jumped off and my head went right into the corner of the dresser. <laughs> yeah. So in my, uh, I don't know if there was like typical, like exactly skull crackage <laughs> like, like that, but like, you know, the saying that like you, you cracked your head open, that kind of thing. But yeah, so in all my third birthday pictures, I have a pink Band-Aid going over the stitches. <laughs> so sad. Do you remember? Do you have any memory? Not really, no. Okay. No. I don't I mean, know if that's because you were only three or if there was actual skull crackage that you just didn't know about. I just wanted to say skull crackage. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess there could have been, but <laughs> it was all right. We survived. Yeah, you're okay. Yeah, good. <laughs> well, lots Brain. of head injury questions on this one. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, next fact I have only been to two countries. Including the United States or outside of the United States? Including the United States. False. I say false. Yeah. I think I did the count last night. I think I've been to eight. Okay. So yeah. Yes. Okay. Does any of this involve the tropical location or is that still a question? Like I've been to Costa Rica. I've been to Panama, Guatemala, Mexico. Italy, Canada. Okay, so we landed in France to do like a, a layover, but I could see the Eiffel Tower from the plane, so that was all that mattered to me. So I was happy with that. Counted it. <laughs> okay, next one. I 
bit all the way through my tongue. Oh, I hope false. Mm. False. That's also true. Okay. Did I also have a scar <laughs> off my tongue? Did it, did it fall off? Audio game. Okay, just, just so you know. No, my parents said I was like a terror when I was a kid. I did all of this the bad stuff to hurt myself. Wow. That wasn't my fault, though. My dog was sitting under my feet, and I was at the bar stool, and I guess I was, like, laying down like this on the counter, and then the, I was talking, and the dog got up, and I bit through my tongue. <laughs> Did it? But it just, your mouth, like, totally heals itself. Like, they didn't have to do anything. It totally fixed itself. Yeah. You didn't, like, bite a chunk of it off? No, like, I bit, like, all the way through with my teeth. <laughs> These are truly horrendous stories, and I never expected to be so disturbed emotionally by this. I have other ones, other harming myself accidental stories. Wow. <laughs> All kinds of stuff. Yeah. Kaylee, I never would have guessed it. All right. I know. I know. Okay, what else was there? Mm, I had a list as well. I'm wondering if I exit out of this, if it's going to go away. Tell me if you can't see me. I'm looking on my phone. You are frozen? Yes, but, you are frozen. But you're frozen. I mean, I mean, it's not a bad facial expression that you're frozen on. It's one of concentration. Yes. Okay. Very intellectual. Okay. I got it. Let's see. I can go back. No. Come back video. Come back video. Okay. Are we good? Good. We're back. Yay. Yeah. Okay. Next one. I can quote any episode of the Big Bang Theory. The whole episode? No, and like any episode, I could tell you a quote from any episode. False. False. The Office. I definitely could. It is false. I've never cared that much about Big Bang Theory. But like yeah. 100%, I could give you a quote from any episode of Boy Meets World, Psych, The Office, How I Met Your Mother. Like, I mean, those are like my repeat shows. I've seen them through an unhealthy amount of times. So, <laughs> and yeah. I like. I speak in quotes quite often. Like it's become a joke family that if someone says something and it reminds me of an episode of something I love, I'll be like, Oh my gosh, there was an episode of Boy Meets World where blah, blah, blah. And fill in the blank. So. Mm -hmm. Yes. I can so relate. Yeah. Not with the office. I mean with the office, not the others, but office and parks and rec and maybe mm -hmm. some 30 rock in there. Yeah. A little bit. I, what I could do with the brain power I've used for memorizing shows if they, that wasn't being used for that. <laughs> so much of your memory is dedicated to that. It, but no it, other knowledge. It really is. Okay, next one. I played Goldilocks in a school production. Hmm. Kaylee on the stage. I say true. Marla? True, for sure. Oh, I really thought you were frozen, Marla. You were so motionless. <laughs> Oh, sorry, I was, I was just waiting. I had said it earlier, but I think I, said, I interrupted Melissa, so, but yes, true. Yes, it was. It was a really fun production, and, like, the whole thing had to rhyme, so, like, everything mm -hmm. had rhyme throughout the play, so it was a little nerve-wracking that, like, if you messed up a line, you better figure out a way to make it rhyme really quick, or everyone's gonna know. <laughs> how, old were, how old were you? Uh, that was my freshman year of high school. Oh, okay. Yeah. Still, that's hard. Yeah. Wow. Really fun. That's awesome. I have no idea what number I'm on right now, but we could just say that was seven. Okay. 
Those were all interesting facts. I'm learning so much about you guys. That's fun. Okay, I got mine all ready to go. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Question mm-hmm. number one. My, f- my first schnauzer's name was Biscuit. True. Did you both say true? Yeah. Yeah. Wrong, it was Muffin. No. <laughs> it's just it's a fake treat. They're all the same. I knew it was a baked treat. <laughs> yes. You were right. There was this smart mouth kid in my sixth grade class who my mom did not like. I thought he was cute. And we ended up on the same project together in a group. He came to our house and we had muffin. He always called her biscuit. <laughs> he always made her bad. She listened to this mom. Do you remember that? She's like, her name is muffin. <laughs> I can see Glenda getting a little, little feisty over that. Like, listen. Listen, you little snot. <laughs> Knock it off. <laughs> I love it. Okay, and then I have a tornado-oriented one as well. I have had zero head injuries, so I can't, uh, I can't bring well, that up. Good, but though. I have experienced destructive tornado that passed close by my house. True. I, I, I think that would be true. You are correct. You are correct. It was a tornado. I have no idea what the rating was. It was 1990. So I was eight. And we were all like, my dad was upstairs. My mom and I, we were not in the basement or anything because there was zero warning, no sirens, nothing. It came out of nowhere. And it passed like 500 yards from our house, I think, or something like that. So we just heard this roaring and we were like, what is it? And then it was gone. And like, it went all through my neighborhood and like, absolutely took houses down to the foundation and it was a that it was probably an f5 then what's that it's probably an f5 maybe so i mean it was, like it was like a very narrow path you know but yeah tell me what you think it was like it it like destroyed what we knew some people who were in a house that got destroyed and they just made it to the basement when their whole house was taken out. But then like two houses away, there was like no damage. You know, like one of those really narrow paths and it just like destroyed these houses. One house had like a two by four, just like stuck into the side of it and sticking straight out. Yeah. What what do you think, Marla? I mean, I I guess I'd have to refresh on like the definition of an FI, but I think, I mean, if it, it's usually, it usually deals more with like the power of the tornado and the destruction. So like, if it leveled houses and put two by fours through, like that's definitely F4, if not F5. So we were all just Even like, if it's I, narrow. And like where my dad was, was upstairs on the side of the house where it hit right by a bunch of windows. And like if they had looked out the window, it would have been like just right there, you know? Man. And I mean, that's crazy. There was not any damage to our house at all. Amazing. That's how anyway, they work sometimes, which is so weird. It is really weird. They found the roof of it. Like uh, we were surrounded by fields mostly at the time. There was just a few other houses. And then it was a couple blocks up where there was a more established neighborhood. And there was like a, a barn maybe. And it took the roof off the barn. And it was found like two miles away in a field. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy business, guys. My parents' vehicles were, like, on the May 3rd, they were, like, four and a half blocks. The, their vehicles, like, a Suburban was three and a half blocks away. That's crazy. That is crazy. 
Anyway, as a child, I choreographed dances and performed them per, for passersby in our backyard. True, 100%. <laughs> Correct. Primarily, I choreographed to Gloria Estefan. Do you know who that is? <laughs> yeah, she was my muse for my dancing. Um, okay, next one. I have no actual drinking glasses in my house, just colorful plastic cups I got for free from local restaurants. True. I don't doubt that. I guess I true. Like, if you if you do that, I really support that. But yes, right. that is true. Like, like nothing besides plastic cups, not even like coffee mugs. Nothing. Oh. I was thinking drinking glasses like a tall like glasses. Glass. But I'm gonna say true. Correct. Good clarification. Also, it occurred to me as I was saying it that Marla actually stayed in my house for a couple nights last year and she could have very well seen it with her own eyeballs. I did. I, I remember you have like, don't you have like hideaway cups and like, uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen those. Yeah. I sure do. <laughs> what did you say? It's such an Oklahoma thing. I love it. It is. Oh, yeah, all you're not Oklahoma. yeah. You're not an Oklahoma. Veritable rainbow every time I open up my uh, kitchen cabinets. Beautiful. Question. My favorite place in Paris is the Eiffel Tower. Is it false? False. Oh, Somewhere much less cliche. Yeah, I feel like somewhere really unique and, like, no one knows about is, like, your favorite place. Well, you are correct that it is false. It is not a place that nobody knows about, but it's not one that people talk about. It is L'Opéra Garnier, which is the opera house that Phantom of the Opera was set in and based on. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been there three, three times in my life, and it is just, like... I don't, there's never very many people there at all. And it right. is so beautiful. Like you, it's, well, at least when I, last I was there, well, there was no admission to get in. It's just like a, an opera house, you know, but it oh. was so beautiful. It's like stepping inside a museum. They have like the little door to the opera box. Number five, number eight. It's a famous thing in the book that I don't remember mm -hmm. anymore. And that's like the opera box where the phantom was supposed to have sat. You can see the chandelier in there. And like, it is so opulent that I just love walking through. And then there's the outside and the whole neighborhood around it is really cool. Mm -hmm. Good call guys. Good call. Next question. I dyed my hair blue for three weeks in October 2011. True. True. Oh, I pulled a switcheroonie on you. It was pink. No! I knew you had dyed it some sort of color. <laughs> yes, I had. And then one time in December 2015, I dyed it purple with just a temporary chalk as part of a mm. Giving Tuesday fundraiser. Yeah. And that was totally washout, but honestly, it took like about three weeks of normal washing my hair for all of it to come out. And I loved it because it left these, it like went from this like bluish violet that I loved and then it faded into sort of like a pink and then like on the lighter highlights of my hair, it just like clung on in a very gentle purpley pink for weeks. And I'm like, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Last question. My favorite episode of The Office is Cafe Disco. Ooh, so many good choices. Gosh. I could see that being your favorite one. Oh, yeah, why? <laughs> it's a fun episode. <laughs> I'm going to say false, only because 
Well, I could, I, I could very well be wrong, but I feel like I'm going to say false because I feel like there's a few more that we've talked about more often that I feel like you enjoy more. Which ones? Um, like the when like Dwight. I, I, I'm not as familiar with the offices you guys are, but like the the safety training ones, like uh, CPR. Yeah, like the CPR training or like Ham and Jim get married. That's a really good episode. Uh, oh, or like when uh, My- Michael Scott like jumps off the building off the train pole or attempts to. So like those, I, I feel like those are like ones we've talked about a lot, but again, I could be wrong. But I'm going to say false and just guess. Well, here's the thing, Marla. I think you get um, partial credit. Cafe Disco is my favorite episode. Okay. And Safety Training, which is the one where he's up on the roof, is my yes. favorite episode. Yes. Beautiful. Wow. Good job, guys. I feel honored. <laughs> now I'm going to go watch Cafe Disco. You should. I'm going to watch the CP episode. <laughs> First, I was afraid. I was petrified. <laughs> Another part of that one I like is then when he starts singing the song, and Andy's like, oh, "You can tell by the way I use my walk, I'm a woman man." And then Kelly gets up. And she's, she's like, she's like, just like bop into it. <laughs> Good time. Good time. The instructor is responding because she's just like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this is so fun. Thank you guys for coming uh, on my podcast again. Yeah. Thanks for letting us lie on your podcast, especially yeah. the type one. We appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. This is officially a tradition, and I will look forward to it every year henceforth and then hopefully next year we can actually be this is the funny thing last year when you guys were here i still had the bed in this room and so we were all crouched like crowded together in the little a little spot where we could fit chairs and then since then i have made this whole room de-echoified the whole thing i got tons of space in here for multiple people to come and sit around and chat and then the freaking Mm -hmm. pandemic happened next year Next you got year, it. Year. Next year, 2021. We have hope for you. Nice. That's everyone's year. Yeah, it is. Well, happy birthday, everybody. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. I couldn't have asked to share my birthday with anyone better than Kaylee and Marla. What a blessing to get to spend time with them while wearing birthday crowns, no less. Let's go ahead and wrap up the episode with your question of the up. When is your birthday? Let me know. Let me know. You can answer this question by finding the post for this episode, episode 48, by searching Melissa Ike, E-I-C-K, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. I'll be back next week with an interview with my dear friend, Janie Mary. We had a delightful conversation. Until then, please subscribe to this podcast to get inspired and remember that the world needs you to make your impact.